Welcome to Young Gun, a podcast about Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. I am Demetri Ravanas, a Bama grad. She is Lauren Brownlow, the biggest Panthers fan I know. And we have been looking at this team with the spotlight on its new franchise quarterback. And that part of this podcast is not changing. It is still going to be about the Panthers. Obviously, any team the quarterback is going to be a focus, right? But we have been saying for a couple of weeks now that we thought the show going forward had to be bigger than just Bryce Young, and that was going to be reflected uh, in a change to the name. Um, and basically just the way we approach this show and Lauren Brownell, I think we have settled on what we are doing now. Okay. And it is, ins- I agree. it is inspired by every conversation I have had with you on these cameras and microphones but also inspired by the idea that we would like businesses to want to do business with us because you had suggested we're at one point, which, you know. I mean, the most accurate summation. Agreed. But a little crass. Right. Admittedly. So we toned it down a little bit, but still reflected the overall attitude we've had watching the Panthers for the last few years. Even when they're good, by the way, I feel this way. I, I, I would agree. The name of the show going forward is... This Team is Killing Us, a podcast about what the Carolina Panthers do to good people. I love that. Which I, I mean, I, I never said I was a good person, but this is what they do to people. Every, I think, everyone's worthy of love, even if you're not a yeah, good person. Yeah, I, I think that whether or not you're a good person has to be judged by others. You can't yeah. really say it for yourself. No. And Lauren Brownell, I tend to think of you as an above average person. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so uh, more good than bad. Certainly you have your drawbacks, but we of all course. do. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's dive into it. This is the first show since the press conference introducing both Dan Morgan as the GM and Dave Canales as the head coach. We'll get into specifics, obviously, as the show goes on. But I I do want just your general thoughts. What are some of the front things that jumped out to you at the press conference? Um, this was one of those times where it was nice to have an old phone because I just watched the presser on there on on the Panthers Twitter live stream. Mm hmm. Um, which I enjoyed very much because I could view the running commentary <laughs> from other people as broken as I am. Uh, and that was entertaining. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, I, I you don't want to be like a technical person necessarily, but it was commented on by enough people. Like the audio, I think I, my favorite was, it sounds like AM radio. I think a ham radio was one comment <laughs> I saw. At one point we were like, like they switched to Dan Morgan and like literally it was inaudible. Yeah. At one like they had to like turn it up even though it still sounded terrible. Yeah. I think they fixed it before they put it like back out, but it was still like for real. Like you gotta this is when everyone's watching us and you have to embarrass <laughs> us in public with something that's easily but that was fine. I mean, um, and then obviously when Tepper was up there, even though it wasn't for very long, people had a lot to say, including me. I was like, I don't need to see him right now, to be honest with it, you. It is that's one of the things that jumped out to me, is because you'll remember the press comp now, granted, he was just introducing a new head coach, not a new GM at the time, but right. Tepper did make himself kind of front and center of the Reich press conference. And that wasn't really the case this time. Around. No, it wasn't. He wasn't front and center because that's what was concerning to me, too. I'm yeah. like, are we doing this again? Like, right. are you going to be here the whole time? Are you taking questions, sir? <laughs> now, honestly, like if he'd been taking questions, I would have been more intrigued to see sure. it. But he, of course, he's uh, not going to. Would you have like, I'll get into yes. this a, a little bit more later. It surely does not seem like he was going to get any tough questions from the people that were asking I questions. I think he's the only one who would have. To be honest. Interesting. Because, like, what do you... I mean, here's the thing. 
we don't really know what those guys are going to do sure. yet. So like we can't. And, and what has Dan Morgan done wrong? Yeah. As of now, like, what are you going to grill him about? I mean, I think it is fair to ask Dan Morgan, or I, I guess probably also, you're right. This would be more you try for being Tepper. in a room with Dan Morgan and looking into those eyes and then telling me you're going to ask him a tough question. To I mean, geez, just look at <laughs> someone with that neck size. Are you really going to saying. challenge that, man? Yeah, the, the, the thing, I would say this. Dan Morgan, actually, I thought, came across as somebody that recognized. Yes, he does. What is wrong? Not he knows all the specific problems, but right. from a GM standpoint, like he gets that there is a level of apathy yes. around the Carolinas right now. Well, he that, said they don't scare anybody. Yeah. And he's right. Well, it's not only they don't scare anybody. Like he talked about the fact that the Panthers are probably not the first thing that families in Charlotte think about doing on a Sunday anymore. Like, that's a very sobering thing to say or to hear from your GM in his first press conference. I do think it would be fair to ask, and, and you're right, this is probably more of a question of Tepper than right. uh, Dan Morgan, but given everything that went wrong last year, the last two years of decision-making around the personnel and the roster, why on earth do you try and sell somebody that was on those staffs as the new GM? I think that's a fair question. I think that's something, yeah, though, that Tepper I, has to answer, not more. Right. And I don't disagree with that. I think if you're going to pick anyone to do it with, it has to be someone like Dan, mm -hmm. who, you know, at least he has a significant amount of experience elsewhere in a good yeah. way. And and there are people around the league, not just in Carolina, that respect his ability to, you know, be in charge of personnel. Sure. So, like, uh, and, and also he's a guy that, plenty of people around here love and so at least that shows that they get it from that perspective um at least a little bit right yeah um do i have like some reservations yeah but at the same time like what top tier personnel guy right now would want to come work with david Tepper? no i, th I think that's fair and i also think that <laughs> you know one thing that jumped out to me about dan was his answers were a lot of platitudes but at the same time what really can he say right, right. now the league that's, year's that's, not yeah. even over for him to say Oh, we definitely want, you know, T Higgins if he hits the market. I mean, I liked what he had to say about like the mentality of guys sure. that they want because he's like there, he's not wrong about that. They yeah. don't have enough guys like a Frankie Louvu who it was wonderful. And like, if you want to build your culture around a guy, you, it's, it's mean, a guy like that. Do you mean dogs? Because I heard him say that about half a dozen well, times. This has become popular again recently i feel like because i see all the chest x-rays on twitter with a rottweiler oh, sure. inside or what and i'm like i mean it's fine but like i don't know i dogs can also be very friendly uh, agreed <laughs> not at all like i know what you mean Even by rottweilers dog and pitbulls could be very of friendly. of course <laughs> like i know what you mean when you say it yeah. got that dog in you or whatever i get it i understand the lingo i just i'm a little tired of that dog in you myself. should no offense to you because I know you had one. That dog and you should be a Chihuahua because I've only ever met dicks that are Chihuahuas. <laughs> that's true. That's a, that, to be fair, I feel like they're mostly acting in self-defense. No, I think that's fair. If you were as tiny as a Chihuahua, you'd probably be terrified <laughs> of anything that moved near yeah. you too. You'd be like, get away from me. <laughs> Don't step on me. I am very small. And they tend to end up very old. They do, yeah. It's, but they also, yeah, they're very neurotic. I really, I, I thought they were cute for a while, and I realized, yeah. like, I can't. I'm neurotic. I'm too neurotic on my own to have a dog that's this, <laughs> that's this neurotic. No. So one thing that I do kind of wish somebody would have asked, and and granted, maybe Morgan couldn't answer this question right right now. But you and I have talked about this: is the idea that this team, especially on offense, needs to be rebuilt in a lot of ways, but. The biggest need right now is the offensive line. 
We don't have a first round pick. That's not something you can really go out and count on finding quality anchors of your offensive line <laughs> I, in the I free think agent it's market. Slightly concerned when he's like, you know, who knows what we do? Maybe we try to get back in. Maybe we trade down. And I go, trade down. <laughs> no, no, no. Are you going? You would have to find somebody. Trade back. You better be getting somebody great. Well, not only that, I also had this thought because I had the same thought when he said that. That was my moment of terror. My, my heart. My concern was I know he has worked at a lot of front offices. He right. has not been a GM. Does he think there is a scenario where someone will trade him a one next year for a two this year? No, I don't think he thinks that. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. Like Dan, I know it's easy to like look at Dan. Not that you're doing this. This sure. is just a general critique. Look at Dan, see a former player, you know, and see a guy that let's face it, was an absolute like freaking animal on mm -hmm. the football field, like not a rational person. <laughs> and just go, how's this guy gonna yeah. you know, they're just hiring him because he played here and people like him. I, I just think it does at least some of what he's done in the past a bit of a disservice. Well I think that it is it is significant that they introduce who his vice president of football operations is going to be because one of the things I think I like Dan they, did, yeah they brought in the guy from the Chiefs which yep. I liked a lot and one of the things I think Dan did really well is laying out what his front office story yes. was the fact that it I was agree. recognized that he can recognize talent explains to you why is there obviously the Panthers need that but you know, given where we are financially right now, and obviously the salary cap is going to keep changing every year, um, you need somebody that is really adept at managing the numbers. And it feels like they found the balance to the eye for talent that Dan is going to be, you know, counted on to be. Yeah, I, th I think that's probably true. And look, you know that I would be quick to jump to pessimism in almost yeah. any scenario. I just like... I have always, I, maybe I'm biased because that was the first team that I really, really fell for, sure. you know, like that I really fell deeply in love with the players. That like, Cardiac Cats team? Yes, 100%. I liked the team before. I enjoyed the win over the Cowboys because who doesn't in sure. the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, who hasn't beaten the Cowboys in right. the playoffs at this point? Just kidding. It's um, a right of passage. Well, actually, I'm not kidding. But it, regardless, <laughs> yes, it is. Like, I... So maybe I'm a little biased because I did really love that group and like everyone that was a part of it yeah. and, and Dan included. But like, I just think, why not? I mean, we've tried all kinds of other sure. things, you know, and then I I can't help but think also like Tepper is obviously still front and center here. And the one question line of questioning that I don't feel like was addressed adequately, mm -hmm. or at least in a way I liked was about that. Yeah. Me about like the relate like when I heard they're gonna talk every day I'm like really yeah do most owners talk to their personnel people slash coach every day I mean probably not you know Mike Florio had that report and and we've talked before we believe his source on this was Frank Reich so you know it, take that what you will but you know Mike Florio had that report that weekly Reich was getting report cards from Dave Tepper about what went right and what went wrong not just during the game but during the week like supposedly he was showing him Twitter like play breakdowns yeah there is a real I think process to what it means to work with Dave Tepper that maybe is going to end up being an advantage maybe Dan Morgan seeing maybe what the I low end of this is the thing is you know what I I, I don't think we should discount to you know how it is when you have a boss that you have to navigate around a sure. little bit. I talked about this when I was on the OG with the with the Joes. Like, yeah, I, maybe Dan knows how to finesse Tepper a little bit it, too. It is one of those things. I, I have <laughs> make told, him think it was his idea. Well, yeah, I have told you this before, so I am not 
betray like I, I'm not revealing anything to you on microphone that I have not told you already. I'm, I'm telling you this for the benefit of the audience. Okay. All right. When we were working together at the buzz, yes, there were things that I would make sure our boss told me because you were so new at radio. I did not want him getting in your head. Right. And right. I would decide if Lauren needed that information. Right. Whether that is, oh boy. whether that is fair or not, if, that's fine. If Dan I was Morgan, also pregnant, so like, <laughs> right? <laughs> he probably didn't want to stress me out any more than he needed to. I mean, I I bring that up because I think Dan Morgan just watched what can happen to a coach when there is no governor on Dave Tepper. Exactly. You yeah. know, I mean, if you are savvy enough to recognize when the way your boss does business is going to hurt, particularly a first time head coach, yeah. Good. We all develop workarounds. I feel yeah. like around, even in the real world, yeah. around people at our office that make it more difficult for us to do our jobs. Mm -hmm. And we figure out a way to like, oh, can we go around this person? Right. Can we make it so they don't find out that we're doing this? Can we make them think it was their idea? That's always a big one. Yeah. I think in almost any facet of life, when you have someone who like wants to take credit for everything and feel like they're involved, you have to make them feel like it was their idea. 100%. I mean, I told Lauren when we started working together that if we do anything that is not in line with what uh, our boss wanted us to do, I don't mind being the one to go to the principal's office and answer for it. Yes. I think Which Dan, I always appreciate yeah, about you. I think Dan Morgan, He's A... He's probably similar. Yeah, is similar. But B, also knows the principal is not going to yell at a dude that looks like Dan Morgan and, the way he would a right. dude that looks like Scott Fitterer. Exactly. And also, <laughs> the principal, I think, kind of loves him. Yeah, agreed. So, like, that helps. If he likes you and he's not going to yell at you because he's not an idiot. Yeah. Then, like... And you're not intimidated by him, which I don't think Dan is. Mm -hmm. I do no, not I agree. And that's the thing. I think that's the biggest part. You have to have somebody in that role, both as maybe as coach and as GM, certainly, that is not intimidated by Dave Tepper. And yeah. it'll just be like, this is what I think's best. If you don't want to do it, fine. Then you put your name on it. That's what I would tell him. Yeah. You put your name on this move. Then you make sure all the fans know that you did this. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Whatever it is. Like, I I'm not wearing a move that he wants to make just because he pays me. Yeah. I I'm not. I found it interesting that the press corps only sort of hinted and did not outright ask the thing that we talked about a lot. The thing that I think any show, not just that covers the Panthers that covers the NFL yeah, was asking a lot, which is, were you scared off at all by Dave Tepper's ownership of this team? I think it was, I think it was Dave Newton from ESPN that asked uh, Dave Canales, if he looked at firing three coaches over the last five years. Yeah, uh, he did. He asked him that. Was that Newton? I, I just want to give the, the proper credit. Someone did. I don't know. Whatever. That was sort of the only, I thought we might, given the way everybody talked so openly about what the problems are right now with the culture of the Panthers, I thought we would see that press corps be a little more bold in the room. I mean, yeah. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not pointing fingers and saying anyone yeah, yeah, yeah. individually did not do their job. I'm just surprised collectively that there was a lot of... You know, I think some of the way that Canales answered that question is most likely why. Yeah. Because not saying that like everybody just took what he said and was like, that's it. Mm -hmm. I think it's more because people were like, okay, so it's been, it's clear that this is the way he's going to frame this, regardless yeah. of whether or not it's true. So yeah. like, even if we ask about this, he's going to say like, oh no, because I looked at Bryce and thought X, Y, and Z. Right. Like, you know, 
I mean, probably, but yeah, could, could someone have asked a follow up about that? Probably, but he kind of like made it an easier follow up to talk about Bryce because there's a bunch of things you kind of have to hit and then sure. all of a sudden it becomes Bryce. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about Canalis and Bryce here in just a second. First though, I do want to ask everybody listening, look, we've got a brand new name now. Uh, again, it is called this team is killing us. Um, I need you and Lauren needs you to go to whatever platform it is you are enjoying this show on and leave a rating and a review. If you are not already subscribed, please do that as well. It helps more people find the show. And when you go through sort of a rebrand, you really need that stuff. So please take the time uh, to let people know that you enjoy this show so that it gets in front of more people. Uh, Lauren, it it is not lost on me. And I don't think it is lost on you either that there were times where Dave Canales seem to be talking directly to Bryce Young in this press conference. I I I did I got the sense more maybe a little bit, but I definitely got the sense that he was talking to people who were saying that Bryce was a deterrent to taking yeah. this job. Yeah. 100%. So, these are a couple of things that uh I I jotted down that seemed to me like these are messages to Bryce and and I know that he and Bryce have already spoken. Like he made yeah. that clear. I think that is probably the first call you make when you are in that last stage of the interview process is to make sure you and the quarterback. Wait, are you sure you're, you mean you're supposed to be on board with who the quarterback is as the head coach? Huh? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You say that Lord, because these are the things that I wrote down that Canales said. One, we're going to become what he is great at. Two, you have to understand your quarterback's growth curve. They are not all the same. Yeah. And three, he seems to have deep thoughts. Dave Canales does seem to have deep thoughts about what it means to be playing the quarterback position yep. in, when you are in Bryce's size range. I mean, did you hear him say the yeah. thing about even at six one, you're probably not seeing over that was an offensive line. Yeah, I was like, oh, I guess I like. That makes sense, but I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah, I, I think that these are all things that Dave Canales probably has told Bryce in private, but it is important in Dave Canales's mind that Bryce see in public. He is saying, I'm going to do all the things that clearly Frank Reich was never going to do. Right. No, I mean, you mean call plays for the quarterback exactly. that he has? Yeah, exactly. that would that'd be wild to see. It's probably going to look a lot different. You know? <laughs> yeah. When a play caller's in there that doesn't actively hate him. Yeah. Um, I, that would be great. <laughs> I don't believe that. I, like, I, I think he's playing to Bryce's ego a little bit when he talked about looking at when he was the quarterback's coach of the Seahawks. And they are looking at the top of the draft in terms of quarterbacks that year. And he we were says, picking that high. Nice flex, buddy. We get it. You're good at football. I was about to say You're on teams that don't pick high in the draft. Must be nice. It was about to say, but, but the year before, they were picking at number seven, right? Well, like, it's, it's not like they were never that high in the draft. I know. But that that line he had about, oh, I looked at the guys at the top of the draft and Bryce was clearly number one. Like, I don't even think those of us that settled on Bryce should be number one ever thought clearly he is number no, one. No, I never right? thought that. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that's bananas. I do think there was some pointed things in there, though. Particularly what stood out to me is him being so specific about getting the ball out in 2.7 seconds or less. Like, that and is a message. We've seen that in the playoffs, too. Yeah. Like they've clocked it and like that is you do have to whether yeah. it's going throwing away or whatever. It's got to go somewhere. Right. And yes, the receivers don't always get open. And we we talked about that more at the beginning of the year. I feel like than at the end mm -hmm. where, where we felt like he needed to throw it away a tick sooner or right. or or run or do something. Yeah, like, I think the on decision, our first 
Yeah. I think on our first show, I told you that uh, in Alabama, it was a problem that he would hang on. And by the Try time he started running, yeah that, yeah, that window was gone. I mean, I think that's what it is, right? Like he is. He's got to get the clock sped up. Yeah. He's not giving Bryce like theoreticals. He is telling Bryce like by this time, yeah, it's either out of your hand or you're running. Exactly. And and I think that's good for him. I mean, look, we, we talked about this, too, but he has had results working with, you know, the height challenged yep. quarterback. No, and I think that's a I think that's a plus. And the quarterbacks that, frankly, have had rough years mm -hmm. and needed I mean, like needed some guidance and some confidence and a pick me up. And so in that way, like I, to, I mean, I told you, too, like I am encouraged and I feel like if you if he works with this guy for a couple years and still can't get it together, well, they tried. Yeah. You know? Yeah. His quarterback last year, the season before, Baker Mayfield was dropped by the Panthers. He was signed by the Rams, and the Rams had no intention of keeping him. And yesterday, he was the MVP of the Pro Bowl. Like, that is a pretty good... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, you're right. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good testament to what Dave Canales can do with quarterbacks. And obviously, Canales, now his... Uh, purview, his his responsibility is much larger uh, than just working with the quarterbacks, which is why I think he talked so much about Ejiro Evero in that press conference, or EJ Evero, as he uh, as he called him multiple times. Um, I guess the big question now is how realistic is it that they hang on to? I mean, I'm not. Look, coaches, GMs, owners, they say things all the time that don't end up being yep. true. However, I feel like he sounded pretty sure. Yeah. That was the thing that struck me mm -hmm. was I didn't know that that was like, I thought it was still kind of up in the air and I guess it still technically is, but I don't know that you say that if you're yeah. Dave Canales, if you're not pretty sure. The only team that specifically has been linked to Evero as a DC really isn't even a strong link. It is the fact that Seahawks ownership seemed to really like Evero when they interviewed him for the head coaching job. And there is a question of whether or not Mike McDonald is going to be told, is this, I mean, this is going to be your DC. I, I think there's a better than 50% shot. He's still in Charlotte next year. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. And that would be a, a huge deal. And honestly, like, look, do we need to go through new coaches if the coaches stink? Yes, but it's <laughs> always nice. And that's a position that doesn't always get the continuity yeah. with the Panthers, um, frankly, because they're always getting hired when the defense gets good. Right. <laughs> Which they should. They've done they do like the Panthers have been very fortunate with defensive coordinators, mm -hmm. I feel like over the years. They've had some really good ones. And I, I think Evero has or Evero has that kind of true trajectory as well. But um, I didn't think they'd be able. I mean, if I were him, I would run away. No, agreed, agreed. <laughs> I think there are uh, there. Are but plenty he likes of teams. the guys. That's the thing that I think I is like going to be too. interesting here. If you like the personnel that you have, I like them too. There's a few pieces that I think they need, but I like the personnel for the most part. I don't think they need to blow it up on that side. So, how much of the overall team struggle? If we are saying the defense was a pretty sound unit, how yeah. much should Dan Morgan and Dave Canales be looking at last year's flaws as at least significantly a product of Frank Reich's system, culture, whatever the case may be? Like, is it? That's probably a little dangerous. That's exactly <laughs> what my question is, is how dangerous yeah. does it become to say the culture was so bad, we're going to be better simply by changing that? Yeah, because it's not just that. Yeah. I mean, we said that too. We even said that entering the season. From the beginning of the season, we called the, you know, group of pass catchers and running backs that they brought in 
as like some sort of oh like boon to Bryce Young yeah. as like a fantasy bench because it is yeah it was like the Thielen uh you know Hayden Hurst who mm -hmm. was, uh, you know had injury issues throughout the year anyway but wasn't that great when he wasn't hurt and uh wasn't that active when he wasn't Chark hurt. was up and down yep. he had some nice moments but spent a lot of the year not being as good if the, if he can click it together which you know you have to hope so yeah because he was the one guy that i thought was like the biggest overall mm -hmm. disappointment miles sanders was hurt so i'm giving him some slack yeah. personally and i feel a little bad about my sad sanders run now that i know that he was hurt and now that i also know that frank reich like hated calling offensive plays for this football team <laughs> right i feel a little badly for him in that way so i'd like to apologize i how mean not that feel, he listens but you like know, looking so. back on the season how do you feel about jonathan mingo like i will own i had very high hopes for him. i had high hopes for him too I I thought there were times that not flash what could be, but never, like literally never when they needed him to come through. Never. And and you know what? I think part of it in Panthers fans who are old enough will understand. It's 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 Dwayne Jarrett trauma. It's like it's yeah. it's all of these receivers that look that come in and you're like, oh, they should be great. They were great in college, da da right. da, da, da. And they come in and they just suck here they yeah. just suck and and he might just suck here like it's, that just may be what it is yeah like, i mean it's really disappointing because he is the guy i think most capable of being that breakaway receiver uh that guy that can you know you can count on for real separation they're gonna have to find that either in this draft or well, maybe in a they free can give him class. a hand transplant <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if they could put someone like Thielen's hands on him, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, but they can't do that, and so you know, let's uh, let's wrap up uh, sort of back where we began with Dave Tepper and how inactive he was in this press conference. Um, it wasn't inactive enough. As I sent you, I sent you some screen grabs yeah. from the, the people who were not happy to see his face at that press. Conference. Yeah, we'll we'll put a few of those up on the screen as I ask you this question. Um. Do you believe that he is capable of being more hands off than he has been? Oh, that's a uh... because remember the question is not will he. The question is is he even capable? I think if someone has is able to convince him, because I do think the one thing he likes less than not be getting all the credit for the for yeah. the for the nice things happening is nice things not happening at all. Right. Um. And so, like, if he can be convinced that, hey, look, like, even if, like, for a year, he's like, oh, you know, let me step out a little bit and just, like, let y'all do your thing. And they have some success and start to turn, like, they can point to that and say, see, you know, you you said you'd step back a little bit. Right. And we we really started to thrive. You know, your selflessness, again, is how you <laughs> massage the ego. Right. Your selflessness is what led us here. That's and right. I just think people should know that. This that city you really will remember learned, your sacrifice. You learned from your mistake. <laughs> like, that's what I would be telling him if yeah. I were in charge of his PR. Thank God I'm not. You right. were talking about taking years off my life. <laughs> you would be fired very quickly. If I, you would were in be, of I would quit. <laughs> I would be like, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> so here is the thing that I think is going to be very interesting. You and I have talked about uh, in the past that there is, I think, a belief in Dave Tepper that he may not be a football guy, but that doesn't mean that anyone else knows better than him, or at least anyone in the building knows better than him what to do right now. I think now. That his GM, the guy he's going to be seeing every day, is a I football mean, guy. No offense to those people, however, yeah. if, if if you're bringing like your coach plays from Twitter, yeah, agreed. I don't know that you do 
know better than everyone in that building. I really don't. Sorry. I, look, from the outside, it's very easy to look at Dave Tepper and go, no, he absolutely does not I know mean, better. Uh, yes, obviously, like he's worked in football a long time. I'm sure there's plenty of things he actually does know about running I, a football team. I don't think he does. I don't know. I think it's very I haven't different. Seen any evidence. I think it's very different being a minority owner and actually working in football. Yeah, uh, but I think that's fair. I think you can tell just by the way he behaves in public that he is definitely one of those guys that thinks his bank account reflects how intelligent he is. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's that, lots that of those guys That he has the answers, there. at mm -hmm. least. Um, and so I think... Sadly, we here in America now know better. Yeah, well, but we're not done learning our lesson, Lord. No, we're not. <laughs> we're definitely not. I think now that his uh, GM is a guy that is definitively a football guy, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher to for yes. Dave Tepper to convince himself that he's the one with the I right think, answer. I think that's right, right? Like when you look at a guy like Scott Fitterer, you're not going to like, yeah. you, you know, but Dan I'm just Morgan. looking at the way Scott Fitterer behaved in the drink throwing video. It's very clear that Fitterer was there to fill a seat more yeah. than he was to do a job. Right, exactly. And so like, to be honest, I feel like I don't even know what Scott Fitter could or couldn't do yeah, because agreed. I feel like we never really got to see that. But Dan Morgan is not going to, in my opinion, Dan is not going to sit at that job and have his credibility take hits. Yeah. He's worked too hard yeah. for this business for too long just to let some idiot tell him what football moves to make. I, I, I personally, like, I get why people are concerned about Tepper. I'm not saying they're wrong to be. They should be. I am too. Mm -hmm. However, I really don't think that Dan Morgan is just going to sit there and do whatever football moves David Tepper says to do yeah. just because he, you know, because he wants to keep his job. Like Dan could get another job. Right. Right. I mean, both of the, both of those guys, Tepper, or excuse me, uh, uh, Morgan and Canales, both went out of their way to mention what they learned from the front office in Seattle. Like there is a real, yes, there was a real air of bringing expertise to Carolina that has not been here before. And like or at least has not been here in a long time. For sure. And we know one thing I liked, it's not as like technical personnel related a lot that Canales said. Um, because obviously he's spoken some platitudes. Coaches do that all the yeah. time. Like it is what it is. But I liked that he said like culture is not just what you celebrate, it's also what you condemn. Right. And I liked the way he talked about talking to the players. We've already discussed this a little bit, but like, he's like, I'm not going to like shame you and scream mm -hmm. at you and treat you like a child, but I'm also going to be honest with you. Yeah. And I'm, but I'm still going to love and be supportive. And like, that's what I think we agree that like the modern NFL player needs yeah, is a coach like that. You, you want him to be honest. Yep. Don't like blow smoke up their asses because they're too smart for that. But also like, you don't have to like scream at them and make them like feel like children because they're one minute early to a meeting instead of five. I, I, <laughs> got into this exchange because uh, one of the recent college football bubble baths I did was about DJ Durkin uh, getting hired to be Auburn's defensive coordinator, DJ Durkin, former head coach at Maryland. Auburn Wh building the Death Star of football. <laughs> 100%. Really, just admirable work there. The uh, He was the head coach during a time when there was a culture in place that resulted in the death of a player. Whether or not you could say he killed the kid is up for debate, but his culture was what resulted in the death, right? And I had someone on Twitter respond saying that, well, I don't understand why we say this is a toxic culture. This is the way my coach in high school coached us. And I would point this out, not only about Durkin, but what you said about the way you coach the modern NFL player. Maybe there's a reason your high school coach couldn't get a job beyond high school. Maybe there's a reason... And Bill Belichick wasn't even as much this guy. No. But there's a reason he's not working. You yeah. know, I mean, a little bit. There's a, re there's a reason guys like Tom Coughlin like fell out of style. Yep. 
because no one wants to be screamed at anymore. There's a reason Urban Meyer got immediately exposed mm-hmm. when he was fired yeah. from the Jags. Like there was a reason like all these exposés kept coming because no one wants to be talked to like that. that. That's the thing, right? And there is, I, I think you, I think that Nick Saban needed the failure in Miami to be what he was in Alabama because even though he did have that championship at LSU, because you had to learn that just because it worked on you does not mean it is going to work forever. It is not about one generation being weaker than the other. It is 100% about things change. It's Sometimes not worse. Come it's up, not better. Yeah. It's different. And you have to accept that. I think a lot of people would really benefit from knowing that, you know, sometimes you come out better from something in spite of something yes. happening and not because of it. Really. Right. Or if, if it's because of it, it's because you had to face a, a, something bad happening to you and navigate through it and mm. like get tougher as a result of that. But that's could have been literally anything. It doesn't mean that like your parents, uh, your dad d- not saying I love you until you were like in your 50s or something. Does, <laughs> that, that doesn't mean that's a good thing. Right. Just because you grew up that way, you know, and I don't know, whatever time that happened. I, I've been watching World War II shows and that's oh, the sure. thing where like the dad won't say I love you, but yeah. he looks at him lovingly and you're just like, oh yeah, that was a thing. That was the thing. Like you couldn't say I love you. Yeah. To your- should I should I be watching that World War II show, Masters of Air? I'm enjoying it. Although, very the accent work is um uh that's what i have you have you watched the new season of fargo not yet okay sally and i started watching it and sally is all the way in and i find the story enjoyable however it can be distracting juno temple who is keely in um yeah in ted lasso oh no with that accent oh no I can't even follow the story because I'm so hung up on the goofy Minnesota accent. There's a movie like that. I saw. I think it was Prometheus uh-huh. or someone, or it was Prometheus and Avatar as well. The yeah. first one, a little bit. Don't, if your character does not necessitate a Southern accent, <laughs> please don't have them try, especially the Brits. No offense. Like y'all do American accents. Great. Yeah. Surprisingly well. Yeah. Like, Please don't have them do Southern accents. They can't do it. Or, te- or, or Americans, someone... for that matter. Someone from New York. They can't really do it either, but the Brits really can't do it. And it's uh, painful to listen to. Yeah. It uh, hurts me. Agreed. Uh, if you can do a Southern accent, have someone that is from the South tell you what that accent is. And don't just don't, play your character as from South Don't just play a, a World City. War II movie or whatever. Just some movie where like the Southern dude in it is like, right. oh, we'll just copy his accent. No. Yeah. They probably are wrong too. Yeah. <laughs> so don't do that. Like, That's, I mean, when I moved up here from Alabama, like uh, the it's accent, a different accent. Uh, one thousand people don't understand that. Accent. Yeah, like y'all's is so much lighter, yeah. and and ours is way gruffer and more bassy. And so when I first got here, every dude I talked to, I thought it's even different geographic. <laughs> right. Well, I get that. <laughs> and, and now that I've been here for eighteen years, like what I they totally call that get. a y'all sexual. Yeah, probably. I saw the other day. Yeah, a y'all sexual. I sure. Like that. Well, it's a thing yeah. in the South for sure. But like, it's different even geographically here. Yeah. Like there are different parts of the state that sound different. I mean, it's just, it's wild. But then they'll just pick some random accent, switch back and forth between several. I'm like, oh, you're Cajun now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, just don't try it if you can't do it. That's all I ask. Like, you're not like likelier to win, in a, especially like an avatar. You, that man could have been from wherever. This yeah. is like in a future land. You don't need to make the Australian man who's handsome and he's not hired because of his acting ability right. primarily, okay? You don't need to make that man have an accent. It upset me. I was like, I'm not listening to three hours of this. Yeah. This is awful. So to sum up, we're Sorry. optimistic about the new era of the Panthers. 